This is What Do, the serious business podcast for serious business people. I'm your host, Tom McCoy, your top autist, or at least one of them. With me today, tech tycoon, centimillionaire, the man with the iron fist, John McAfee. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, and uh, thank you for having me on. That was quite a uh, build-up. Thank you. So this is a podcast where we break down and demystify every profession. Because as someone on the autism spectrum, I like things clearly defined. And the question I always start off with is, how do you define hard work? Because it's a term that I think gets used in a lot of different ways. Hard work? Hard work. How do you define that? I've never done any. (laughs) I've never never worked really and I just do what I love. I started mowing yards uh, in the summertime when I was uh, nine, I think, and shoveling snow that following winter. Uh, I had paper routes and I don't know, just just done what I wanted to do. Money always came. Yeah, because that's something that is, you know, people on the spectrum, they have certain concepts that elude them, that it doesn't even register to them. And to me, I suppose that would be hard work because I've been told that my ass has come off in multiple scenarios, that you've worked your ass off, say you painted your ass off, broomed your ass off, and it's, yeah, this is fine. You can kind of just space out, whether I'm gathering uh, carts when I was in high school or, you know, painting buoys. It's just activity. Right, yeah, it's just activity. It's just fun. I mean, I just have fun. I have as much fun as possible. <laughs> Always. And you're still having um, fun. But I'm still having fun. You know, the, if there's a difference between work, work and play, then you're in the wrong business. Hmm. And, and I love that you're still the party animal of the century. Because here I am, terrified of 30, and to see you like on stripper poles, drinking drugs, rock and roll. Yeah, like, you... like I said, I do, I do as I please. Always have. Do you think it uh, attributes to your healthiness? Because I love your Twitter uh, account because it's it's very dry, very sarcastic. Just how do you keep healthy? Oh fuck, I don't know. I've, I've got a young wife. Janice is 35. Um, uh, you know, I get up early and and start drinking heavily. Um, I, I think health has more to do with uh, how serious you are about your vices, not that you have any. I mean, like I'm very serious about things like uh, drinking, drinking cigarettes, you know, three to four packs of cigarettes a day, and uh, at least a bottle or two of tequila, a couple of bottles of wine, weed, whatever other drugs I can find. And you think that helps? I think that does, absolutely. absolutely. Like acclimate to it. Like lean into it and acclimate instead of you know pussyfooting yeah, around. Absolutely. Well, gonna... well, plus, plus, you know, we, you know, we're learning that um, uh, that biological evolution is is um, frequently a very sudden affair. Um, and you know, my ancestors were Irish. I mean, like, I really believe people people go, you know, what diet should I have? And I go, what did your grandfather eat? Hot dogs. Well, then eat hot dogs. I'm sorry, you survived. He survived. Uh, bodies adapt. Um, so I think looking at your genes and your genetic history and how your your uh, parents and grandparents behaved, I think you should behave the same. Any wise person would do that. So I have uh, some fan questions here too. Is what uh, is your favorite recreational drug? Well, <laughs> um, I get that question a lot. Uh, for what? Uh, for sex? Uh, MDPV? Hmm. For introspection, uh, LSD, um, 
it, it, for, for what? I mean, for studying, for recreational, having fun and, ch and talking and, and letting the body move. Um, well, I'll you tell know, you that this guy's about to get one married. Of the, one of them, so. he's going to get married? Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe uh, some performance enhancers. <sighs> performance enhancers. <laughs> okay, Sandy, you don't want anything. That's a, mm. a, uh, um, a vasoconstrictor um, like uh, methadrine in any of the uppers, and yet those are the ones that are the best sex drugs. Well, see, there's, there's where conflict comes in. You know, first of all, um, if he's getting married, I would I would suggest taking more LSD before you walk down the aisle. You might decide that getting married is not what you want to do. Um, but no, recreational drugs are for what recreation? You know, for hmm. dancing, for so sitting and having a nice quiet chat. You know, sometimes just weed is sufficient for that. Um, so I don't I don't have a favorite. I'd have a favorite for. Uh, specific purposes. If you have a purpose, then I can tell you exactly uh, how to attain that through drugs. Hmm. New question from Darius is, is there a piece of media, say a podcast or show in the mainstream that you could consider genuine? In the mainstream? In the mainstream. No, absolutely not. Listen, okay, so I did a podcast last week with... Um, Oh, Jesus, uh, a couple of kids. They had a, a lot of viewers. And they, they were on uh, Apple, uh, the Apple, whatever the Apple podcast uh, platforms are, uh, as well as, um, uh, as the others. And because Apple does not allow you to say things like fuck, shit, piss, um, asked me to try and not say them. I said, well, I can listen. I'm sorry. I, I can't do that. Um, and... Um, um, I'm just curious why you guys decided to sell out. And I said, we didn't sell out. I said, we're not getting any money. We're just growing our base. I'm going, well, then you sold out for a larger base. <laughs> um, uh, so no, I, I don't think there are any. Anything that restricts communication, well, we can't have any truth, can it? Because I think the the bottleneck is shrinking because you know people will tell me oh just start your own platform if you want to make money with your voice that's getting that's getting collated together in like a corporatocracy though we got you know youtube is owned by google now google you've seen those leaks where the resist shit yep absolutely absolutely well you know <laughs> uh, if it's mainstream then i i see zero value you know i saw Listen, uh, up to last year, I was always on CNN, Fox, uh, CNBC, RT, but it, it got more and more shallow all the time. And the, the commentators frequently become personalities themselves. And it's not about the news. <laughs> it's about how they project themselves and how, what a good um, interrogator they are, how they can cut to the truth, uh, whatever, you know, so... This is nonsense. It's a dog and pony show. I'm 74. I've got no time for shit like that. And I think, uh, you, do you think that's why they liked interviewing more boring people? Like why Gary Johnson got more of the spotlight than you? <laughs> what a boring motherfucker. Uh, you know, well, I'm sure he's listen, a great I, guy, but. I, 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 listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm loath to um, uh <laughs> Uh, cast as persons at, at my, my uh, competitors in the political arena. Um, so I don't know. I mean, personally, I, 
I would rather not have to have dinner with people like Gary Johnson, but you know, I'm sure they're decent people. From John Gura, how do you want to die versus how do you think you'll die? <laughs> you know, that's a young person question. You get to my age, you know you're going to. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I'm, I'm alarmed sometimes. Oh, God, I'm so alive. I, <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't even planning for it. Um, no one wants to die. No. And... And as to my manner, I mean, I would, I would hope that it's not in, a, in an agonizing fashion. Beyond that, I could give a shit how I die. Mm. <laughs> what, what, what avenue my body chooses to um, uh, cease functioning and is, is business. Um, you know, I, and I know enough to not anticipate anything in life and expect it to happen <laughs> the way that you want including death. Um, life is a, a mysterious, unpredictable affair. That's why it's so beautiful. Hmm. I mean, fuck me, if we knew exactly what was happening, then I don't think anybody would want to play. No. When you look at it through a certain lens, it's hopeful that through another, it's dread. And I think, because you made a dark-ass tweet the other day where it's like I'm standing at the far end of my, of my life or whatever, and you said that you were on like a trip or something, but... Um, oh, yeah. Well, that was, that's a fucking opium, please, God. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> I, well, yeah, no, but, but that was not a, a a dark tweet for me. I mean, for me, it was it was um, it was a, a message to you younger folks. You know, I hmm. listen. My life is all behind me. <laughs> uh, your life is all ahead of you, and the decisions that I make, well, as to how it's affecting me, damn little. <laughs> my decisions uh, have mostly been made and have placed me where I am in hiding uh, uh, with a wonderful wife, um, uh, you know, in and out of jail, both of us. It's not exactly a fun, a fun thing. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I, I feel very free because <laughs> what, what mistakes I might make and the balance of my life are insignificant now. So I'm free to say what I want, do what I want, fuck you people or don't fuck you people. I mean, I, I am who I am. And I'm here uh, right now uh, to tell you how I see the world uh, from my perspective. Uh, the, the vantage point of my experience, which is, well, you can't deny it's broad. Um, has it been insightful? Fuck me, I don't know. History might tell. Uh, I think I understand myself fairly well, but yeah, no, I'm 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 at the far end, and I am staring into the darkness, and I know it's there. Uh, that I may pass any single day. Uh, you and, and your most of your listeners are are in the prime of your life, uh, with uh, a statistical probability of living a great deal longer than the remainder of my life. Um, that's simply a reality that I wanted to share. Uh, because if you understand that, you might understand that the things that I say certainly are not for my own personal gain. So why do I say them? I say them because I have children, grandchildren. Many of you do or soon will, and you'll understand that that's, that's really all there is.
and I owe an obligation to leave, if any way possible, a better world uh, for my children and grandchildren than the world I came into uh, and have lived. Now, I think there's still a lot of great stuff ahead of you. You wouldn't have given the finger to all the governments <laughs> of the world if you didn't believe that. No, of course I believe it. I mean, yeah, the governments need a finger. All right? They need more than a fucking finger. All right? um, they need something, especially America. You know, the, the, uh, the land that I love. You know, and, and our government is not America, please. People go, oh, America. And you go, oh, the government. No, 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 America is the, is the land where we live and communicate and, and relate and commune. Uh, with all of life, and it's a beautiful land. And our government is just some fucking appendage that we have allowed to uh, grow in an unsightly and unseemly fashion uh, into a corrupt and overburdened master, when in truth it should be our servant. Mm. They should be afraid of us. And they should be. But listen, the, you know, governments throughout history have. have uh, <laughs> have all eventually learned mm -hmm. that power always rests with the people. I mean, the French Revolution, the Russian Revolution, I mean, Rome, you name it, every empire that's fallen, when the people finally go, listen, I'm not putting up with this shit anymore. Because the government and the power of the, the country exists on the backs of those that produce and create, the thinkers and the entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. the workers. Um, that's the power. And I think most people in the military, they would not turn against the civilian population. They would not. And you know what? I've, I've actually, I've, I've, I collar these soldiers periodically. I see them wandering. You know, you see them in convoys or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I go up to them and because they're always so goddamn respectful to old people. They're mm -hmm. respectful to almost everybody. It's, it's, it's part of their training. I say, you know, so there's all these rumors about, you know, the military turning on the civilian population. I'm going, so, so you know, um, Sergeant, what would you do if you got an order um, to uh, go out and shoot civilians? He said, well, I wouldn't do it. He said, I just wouldn't do it. I don't think anybody would. Um, not at his level, not the Sergeant, you know, Corporal, Private, but this wouldn't do it. Um, so I feel like you do. It's been happening. They're Americans, and they're, they're they have not just patriots; they're sons and daughters and brothers and sisters. And um, it just isn't happening. And so, and that's uh, another comforting thing is people are because I'm I'm an absolutist about gun rights, uh, and also the military has gun the bigger guns. I don't think I. I've written off the idea of owning a tank. That'd be that'd be that'd be great. Uh, but if they join us, uh, we, we'll borrow it. We'll give most of them back. The the gun thing. Well, okay. So if anybody knew history at all, they would understand the that the guns are merely a metaphor right? in, mm -hmm. in some sense for uh, self-responsibility. Um, every great age of humanity, look at the Renaissance. Um, Renaissance, the most 
beautiful flowering of art. Everybody carried a weapon, mm. even the women. Swords and knives. They didn't have guns back then, so, so you had swords and knives. Everybody carried one. Um, and, and what it does is it creates a peaceful society. I mean, if, if you look at the Wild West, everybody looks at the Wild West movies, oh my God, what a horrific time. Bullshit. The, the, the West was the most polite society ever created. I mean, you walk into a bar and you bump into somebody. God damn it, you're going to apologize. And so are they. Oh, sorry. They tipped their hats for fuck's sake. Well, God, you're walking into a bar, guys walking out armed, drunk. Um, let, let's not piss this dude off. And he's walking out knowing he's drunk and you're sober and you're carrying your gun. He's going, fuck, he's going to be faster than me. Let's not piss this. No, everybody's polite. Mm -hmm. Everybody is respectful. Yes, of course, you had the, you know, the, the robberies and the gangs, you've always got gangs, but long than all, it was the most polite society ever made because everybody carried a gun. And I lived in, in a little town in New Mexico called Rodeo. I built a, I built a huge air park there. Um, spent a great deal of time, small town of a couple of hundred people, had a little gas station, grocery store and a cafe. Never had it been robbed. Why? I mean, <laughs> Because the lady behind the counter, the the uh, the cook, the grandmother sitting in the corner eating eggs, and the twelve-year-old boy—they're all armed, and you know they are. <laughs> Who is going to go in and rob that place, knowing that every man, woman, child not only is armed, but they know how to use the guns? So no, it doesn't create chaos. It doesn't kill people. People are going to kill people. Mm. They always have. And, and mass if they can. Yeah, because the it's quaint that we think of the violent wild west, but probably th like the image that comes to mind is OK Corral. Didn't like seven people die. Meanwhile, just a few years ago, a bunch of unarmed people in Las Vegas were fucking mowed down like cattle. Yes, yes, right. Give me, give me a truck. You can kill more people than you can with a gun. Just aim for the right area. And let's go through the intersection when the light changes. Yeah, right. No, please, God. You want to kill people? You people want to kill people? You don't need guns. Mm. Good God. The, the, the greatest killing spree has been done with bombs. Uh, the Oklahoma City uh, uh, bombing. Uh, good. A, a bunch of fertilizer. Thousands of people died. Good God. You don't need guns. And, you just uh, need the insanity or whatever it is, the twisted um, uh, thinking uh, that some people get. And anything from a truck to fertilizer is all that's necessary. And so, you know, guns being a symbol of responsibility and, you know, we're all, America has become a much softer society. I mean, even look at me. I walk to Starbucks just for the convenience because there's a cute redhead at the counter. Uh, yeah, wrong, nothing wrong with that. No. <laughs> I can get behind that. Yeah, but. Um, it's depending I, on how cute the redhead is. But... Pretty cute. Um, and all right, uh, there's. I know I'm soft and I think a lot of people are waking up to that. And, you know, we love our parents because, you know, they sheltered us a little too much and how do you, we can't fault them for loving us too much, but also shit, uh, we're all a little unprepared. Do you think that the upcoming generations are going to learn from that or is it just going to spiral on? Listen, 
<laughs> no, you're asking very deep questions. Um, and, and the answers uh, are, are tricky answers. I mean, here's the issue that every generation rebels against its prior generation. We love our parents, obviously. We all love our parents. Parents all love the kids. But we all don't want to be our parents, do we? I mean, we, we want to be something else, always. Well, when I grow up, I'm not going to act like that. Uh-uh, not me. No, I'm going to do something different. Um, so the, the, every generation rebels against the previous generation. Um, and if the previous generation is um, permissive and free, you will find in the rebellion a much more conservative group of children. Uh, and if your parents were the reverse, they were strict, and you will find in that rebellion a much more liberal and experimental uh, set of children. How they fucking manifest that, <laughs> oh my God, and no one can say. I mean, the 60s, okay, the, if LSD, had not been invented, um, I, I wonder what the 60s would have been. Would the hippies have, have existed? Uh, no, I think that that entire movement existed because the technology of chemistry uh, had reached a point of profound um, psychedelism, if you want to use that word, back in the 60s, you had the mushrooms and DMT and LSD and, and you name it, all the things that Tim Leary and, and Richard Alpert uh, were, were uh, building in their lab uh, up, at, um, up at Harvard. Um, so I, I don't know how it will manifest. I don't know what will happen. I just know that um, every generation will in fact rebel. Uh, and that it is only because of a few in the previous generation that, that managed to get out of the box and understand what the kids are saying um, that allow any discourse whatsoever <laughs> between <laughs> generations. You've got, you've got the boomers and, and the, um, uh, you name it. Uh, that are, uh, Gen you know, millennials, the millennials, and, uh, Zoomers. Jesus, they've all got they've all got some some color to them, and mm -hmm. those colors are all different. How uh, um, how accurate do you feel the stereotypes are for like say from boomer to millennial to Gen X or two? Well, it's, certainly the prototypes are accurate, especially with the older groups, because I mean we, we've been around longer uh, to form those stereotypes. Um, one of the craziest things is, is it, it's the millennials that follow me. <laughs> I don't understand it. Um, over 50% of my followers are millennials and they're fucking hardcore followers, right? Um, fortunately I've, you know, I've, as, as I was, um, living my life and things like anime first came out with Akira, I think in 1980s, somewhere around that area. Well, I was right there, got into it. I've got Jojo um, um, as, um, on, my, on my Twitter page, you know, and I have a stand. And, and so they go, whoa, you, you even know what it means. I'm like, of course I don't know what it fucking means. You know, so, um, but I really don't understand the mindset and, and I don't understand why 
the young people, I mean, it's the 18 to 30 year olds that are following me. Nobody my age follows me. <laughs> I think, I think uh, the appeal for you, uh, one of the appeals is that you defy the stereotype of like the grumpy authoritarian boomer. And you show that you're, that you can be a free spirit and say, fuck the man, no matter your age. Oh yeah. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> there will always be the, uh, the fuck the man uh, uh, stereotype in every generation good because it is again just the rebelling against authority and 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 we need to rebel against authority people always what is authority uh, authority is that thing that says well we've been here done that we know the right way to do it this is what you do that's authority uh the problem with authority especially in the modern age is that both technology, culture, and everything else uh, is transforming so rapidly <laughs> that whatever experience uh, an older person may have becomes invalid very fast uh, due to the changing circumstances of the environment. Um, and that's, that's, that's what we're having here today. So yes, please, God, rebel against authority. Uh, because that is what growth is all about. Nothing would change if the youth did not rebel. And it's authority, which is that stale, sick, tired, old thing, uh, which if you are not careful, uh, you will take to your own breast as a young person and be totally out of touch uh, with the truth of the world around you. And we have time for one more question. Well, here's one from Daniel. What's the most afraid you've ever been, and why? <laughs> Whoa. Let's make it a meaty Whoa, question. Yeah. I mean, that's a hard question. You know, I mean, for example, just since I've been with Janice, um, uh, we've been chased at 120 miles an hour at night on back roads in Arizona. We've had police, fake police, uh, men in police uniforms raid our condo while we were hiding under a car in the garage in the basement. Um, these were fearful times for me, many were fearful. Um, we live a life on the run. Keep in mind, seven, eight months ago, we were in jail in the Dominican Republic uh, under threat of being deported back to America. Um, we have been shot at, we have been hunted. Um, so anxiety is a constant in my life. And I think not so much since we went underground. We've been in hiding now for eight months. That's a good shit, much better than running people. Because the problem is we can't have telephones. Uh, our family does not even know where we are. No one can know. Um, but it's kind of nice because there's not much fear and anxiety when you're hiding. Um, I don't have one. I wish I had. I wish I could say this was the most fearful moment. Uh, I mean, every time I get arrested, um, uh, there's definitely some anxiety there for me. <laughs> okay, Jesus, okay. What are the possible charges? You know, the infinite. If, it's, if the state wants you, right, the charges are infinite, and they will always win. It's just a fact of life. So there is that anxiety. I don't know. I have a lot of it. Fear is um, is is part of living. Mm. It's it's the uh, 
it's that um, force which keeps us on our toes, keeps us sharp, keeps us on the lookout, makes the eyes rove and, uh, and the ears perk up, brings you back to the here and now. Nothing wrong with that shit. So that's a good question. I'm sorry I didn't have a better answer for you. And thank you well, so much thank for you. having me on. You're not done All living right. yet. This has been What Do, <laughs> okay. Tom McCoy, John McAfee. Right. Have a good one. Thank you. All right.